Let's all now turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2. In case you're not sure where that's at, it's after chapter 1. But chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to find that. We're going to read verses 8 through 10. And once you find that, if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word, if you possibly can. If you have a physical reason that you can't, I understand that. And if you don't, uh, and you still don't feel like standing up, I understand that too. But if you do, then you can stand with me, and that's fine. Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. I read this quite a bit. I really do love this scripture. And this tells you exactly what saves us. It does. And it says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works so that no one should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Oh, I love those, those words. For by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace through faith. Your faith in his grace. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works so that no one should boast. For if we are his, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, his good works, not ours, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. We should walk in what he has done for us. You know that everyone lives by faith. Everyone lives by faith. You may say, no, 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 no. Everybody has the faith of God. I didn't say that. I said everyone lives by faith. Even those who claim not to live by faith of some sort. They do. You know, uh, two weeks ago, I was out of town. And I was having a good time. I really was. But on the way there and on the way back, I went by plane. I know when you look at me, and you can tell by my beautiful figure, you think of Superman. I could tell. You looked at him and said, boy, there's Superman. Uh, but the fact is, I'm not. I do have a, a cape, but I can't fly by it. Uh, I wish I could. Boy, that would be fun if I could fly with that cape. It, I thought it was going to come with the ability to fly. Do you know that they used to sell Superman uh, suits? to children back in the 50s and 60s because of the TV show. And when they did, they actually had to put a, a note on there that says, this cannot make you fly. Did you know that? People thought, that, I guess, that they would make them fly. I wish it could. But I couldn't. I had to actually fly by a plane. I'm sorry if that takes away some of your thoughts of me. But that being said, I had to fly by a plane there and back. And on the way back, a sermon came to me, this sermon, in fact, and I wrote down on my notes. I had to have the stewardess get me my notepad, because I write all my stuff down on these little notepads, and I wrote down on my little notes different things about faith. And while I was there, and even while I was on the trip, I heard people talking about they don't believe in the Lord God, different ones. And I, I preached a lot while I was there on vacation. But anyway, while I was there, on the way home, I started getting a sermon. And I started looking around and seeing all these people of faith on the plane with me. And they were people of faith. I'm not saying they're all reading their Bible. I'm not saying they're praying, but I'm going to tell you something. If you don't pray on a plane, you, that's the best place to pray. I'll say this. 
They were all people of faith, every single one of them. Because let me tell you, so first of all, the name of the plane, it was the cheapest one you could get. It was called Spirit, and I, which I thought was ironic. It looked like Sprint because it was yellow, and it's spelled almost the same, but it's Spirit. Spirit, and I thought it's funny because the Spirit leads me, and in that plane, the Spirit leads you there too. But that being said, it was funny because it was by faith that we got on that plane. You had to have faith in that plane when you got on it. And when it took off, I'll be honest with you, I was praying to in the spirit, but not about, I was praying about spirit to in the spirit about spirit when I was on that plane. It took off and it had a funny little sound. I thought someone was back there winding it up. I was like, yeah, I looked at my friend Jamie. I said, this is the cheapest flight, isn't it? But anyway, anyway, your faith is in something. And the name of this sermon is your faith. Because you have faith in something, your faith is in something And when you put your life in someone else's hands. And you know that every single day you put your life in someone else's hands? Every single day you may say, no, not me, Pastor. I don't. I just put my faith in my own hands. Well, that takes a lot of faith, too. <laughs> it does. But we do put our faith in other people's hands every single day. We have no choice. We do. When you get on a plane, you put your faith in the pilot's hands. Not just the pilots, but the mechanics. And the people who produce the plane, you put your faith, even the people who put the gas in the plane, you put your faith in their hands. Did you know that? You do. You do. Every single day when you go into surgery, and I've done it. I don't know if you know that about me. I've gone into surgery. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven more. I've gone into surgery. And guess what? You put your faith in their hands. When you go to the dentist, you're putting your faith into them. You know, oh, that's not the same. Yes, it is. They're putting medicine in you. You're Giving them faith when you go to the dentist. And I met some dentists I don't really have faith in, I'll be honest with you. I've met a few that are right here at Clay Como. I'm sorry I'm not being a good commercial for you, Clay Como dentist, but I'm going to just tell you, I don't have faith in you anymore. <laughs> that being said, that being said, we have faith when we go to those people, the doctors or the nurses or the assistants or those who make the tools for the doctors. We have faith in those people when we put their lo our lives in their hands. We do. When you go to the drugstore, you have faith in the pharmacist and in the company. We have faith in them. I have to have call my pharmacist because they gave me the wrong medicine. But I have faith in them, and they may have messed me up the other day. But that's okay. We have faith in them. We do. When we go to a restaurant, we have faith in the, in the chefs, in the cooks, in the machines, in the stoves, the ovens, the equipment, the ingredients, even in the people to go get our foods. I know that. We have to have faith in them. Oh, that's not the same, Pastor. Yes, it is. For all you know, and by the way, I'm not trying to scare you if you're going to a restaurant on the way home, okay? I promise you. They're like, I can't go to a restaurant now because I have to have faith in these people. But look, for all you know, they put poison in your food. But I'm saying this to you, not to scare you. I'm saying this that you have to have faith in those people. You have to have faith, even in the people that make the ingredients that go into the grocery store. You have to have faith in the people who produce the food, who put the food out. I used to work in a grocery store at Sam's Club. You have to have faith in those people who are in the freezers, who are out there putting the foods out there. Oh, I love working in the cereal aisle. <laughs> I love cereal. I love working in the pop aisle. Oh, it hurt my back, but I enjoyed it. I didn't so much enjoy working in the dog food aisle, but the point is this. You have to have faith in the people who work in those aisles. You have to have faith in those people. You have to have faith that the people are going to produce things in the plastic uh, areas, right, brother? You have to have faith in those people who, who make things for you. You have to have faith in those people. You have to have faith when you're buying a car. The people, the manufacturers, 
You have to have faith in the manufacturers of the car. You have to have faith that they're going to do it the best they can do. And you might say, well, I got a lemon. Well, it happens from time to time. But the point is you have to have faith in those people that the car is going to work right. That's not going to blow up on you. You have to have faith in that. You have to have faith in the garage when you take the car to the mechanic. You have to have faith in those people. You have to have faith when you go to the gas station. You have to have faith everywhere you go. You have to have faith in your police people, your police officers. By the way, the very people who say they don't have faith in those police officers are the very ones that call the police when there's a problem. They have faith in them until they need someone to blame. Until they need someone to blame, they have to have faith. We don't know how it all works, and yet we trust in those people when they're on a plane. They trust in those people. They have faith in those people. They have faith. They may say they don't have faith, but they have faith. They have faith in those people and those things. We trust in those things. When we get on a plane or we get in a car, we trust those people. We have faith in those things. But yet when it comes to God, so many people in this world, oh, oh, no, we can't trust in God. We have to have proof. We have to have proof that there's a God. We have to have proof. We have to have tangible proof in God. We have to understand it. We have to understand God. Well, you're not going to understand God. You know why? Because that has to be faith. We'll have faith in these things and in other things, but not faith in God who made the universe. We'll have faith in people who say they understand the universe. By the way, they don't. They understand what they can understand. They don't even make stuff up about the universe. People who say that God didn't exist. But he, God, who made the whole universe, you won't trust. He tells us things, but we won't trust him. And we won't trust the people who understand him. But we'll, under, we'll believe and have faith in the people who make stuff up about the universe. A big bang. Okay, well, we'll believe that. That's believable. Okay. We came from monkeys. Oh, that's believable. That's believable. Well, guess what Psalm 14 one says. A fool says in his heart there is no God. Well, I've met a bunch of fools who have no faith in the Lord God. I have. I have. It takes faith. Your faith is in something. The question is, what is your faith in? Is your faith going to be in the Lord God or is it going to be in fools? I know where my faith is. I have been, literally been, on a deathbed. I have been on a deathbed. I have been in a place where I thought I was going to die. I have been in the moment where I thought I was about to leave this world. I have been in the moment where I thought I was looking death in the eye, and I had Satan telling me that I was going to leave this world and telling me that I should not follow the Lord God. And I have been in the moments when the Lord God told me to keep on keeping on, and I have done that very thing, knowing that something was about to happen in this world. I had no idea what it was going to be. But I knew in a year's time something big was going to happen. I didn't know what it would be. I didn't know it happened that fast, but it did happen that fast. And that we would have to make a stand for Christ, and we're going to keep making that stand through faith. Not because what we can do, but what he can do through us. Yeah. We don't know how things work in this world, but we can trust the things through God, not through people. But what God can do through people. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, which is probably my favorite chapter. Hebrews, as Paul is speaking to people in Jerusalem, we believe it's Paul. Some people don't believe I do. Hebrews chapter 11, 1 through 3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the men of old obtained a good report. By faith, 
we understand that the universe was framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made out of things which are visible. God made it. God made it. We're to have faith in God always, always, even in sickness, even when all things look like they've gone asunder. We're to have faith in God. We're to have faith in God. What else are you going to have faith in? You have to have faith in God. We need to have faith in God always. You know, Paul said this about Jesus. He's quoting Jesus. We see that Jesus said this. He said it to Paul when Paul was coming to know the Lord in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. This is what Paul was talking about. Actually, not when he came to know the Lord, but when he was talking about his sickness, his illness. And he was praying, wanting to be healed, wanting to be healed. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now listen to what Paul says. Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Folks, that takes great faith. When you're sick, when you're weak, when you don't think you can keep going, and I know what it's like. But you put your faith on Christ. I can't go on another moment. My body won't let me, but my spiritual body, my faith will rest upon God. The fact is, God is the only thing that can help us keep going. There's times that we want to give up and give in, but God says, keep on keeping on. Keep on going. Have faith. Have faith. God can heal. He can. God can heal. And God can do but it is his will not to do what we want him to do sometimes. Why? I don't know. It's to be his will, not our will. We're to follow him. Remember what Jesus Christ prayed the night before he died on the cross. He said, thy will, your will, not my will. Oh, that's different, Pastor. No, it's not different. That's what we should pray every day. Your will, Lord, not my will. Your will, not mine. Back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 this time. And without faith, it is impossible. Listen now. It is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. So we're to have faith in God, not faith in fraud. Why do I say that? Because the world, I'm not Satan now, he lies and misleads people to follow the lies of Satan. Lies to all the lost, and yes, all the lost, and yes, many saved too. Because just because you're saved doesn't mean Satan's done with you. You know that. Satan's still around and saying, hey, hey, get your eyes off of God. Come over here. Don't listen to God. Listen to fraud. That's what he does. Come listen. Come listen. Come listen to me. This is what he does. So there's either faith in God or faith in fraud. And I, I and, and no, I didn't say Freud. <laughs> I said fraud. Did you know, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Did you know there's a lot of fraudulent biblical beliefs out there? I'm not talking about false religions, even though there's a lot of that. We know that. But there's a lot of Christians, actual Christians, who have fraudulent biblical beliefs and teachings. And I'm just going to go ahead and mention it. Because it's got to be said. It's got to be said because I don't want you wonderful Christian soldiers, brothers and sisters in Christ, 
hearing this fraudulent belief and believing that you're a bad Christian, because I know you're not. But there are fraudulent Christian beliefs out there that Satan misleads with. The fraudulent, this is the fraud part two here. Uh, no, it's not a movie. Fraudulent Christian beliefs here saying that if you have faith, you won't get sick. If you have, and I've heard it so many times, even throughout my childhood, different Christians in church who said, if you have faith, you'll never be sick. You'll live forever. The Bible says that, they say. Those that you'll live forever. The Bible doesn't say that you're going to be immortal. It doesn't say that. This is not a Highlander movie. No, you're not going to be immortal. It doesn't say that at all. But it, they say that it does. They say you won't get sick. You'll, you'll be rich. You'll have everything you want. Well, this I've seen so many teachers and preachers on TV saying this stuff and online. Folks, this is goofy. And I'm not talking about the Disney character. This is goofy. It's so goofy because in reality, it teaches people that all Christians, because it's what they think, it teaches that all Christians believe this. They believe that we believe in this fraudulent belief, and it's not biblical. But they take, just like Satan does, by the way, from the beginning, Satan did this, took little things from the Bible, misquoted it, misinterpreted it, changed the beliefs of it, changed the quotes of it, so that people would misunderstand what God was saying in the beginning. Mark 11, 22 through 24, it's misquoted so often from these fraudulent believers that this is what it says. It said, Jesus answered them, have faith in God, for truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. Now, a lot of people say this means whatever you want, you'll get. But this is talking about everlasting life. This is talking about God's will, not your will. It goes on to say in Mark 9, 23, of course, this was before, but Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I'll say it again. If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Again, this is misused. Again, this is misused. I can have anything I want. Ask and you shall receive is another one they say. Seek and you shall find. Knock the door shall be opened to you. This is talking about salvation. This is talking about God's will, not our will. I've said it so many times. Well, I'll say one more to you that gets misused a lot, which is this, Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So I'm going to say that again, the last part of that. According to his purpose, not my purpose, his purpose. Some believers think that prayer, make, and I've said it before, they make God, Jesus, like a genie in a bottle. But that's not what a prayer is. A prayer is not like, come on, come on, come on, do what I say. Come on, come on, come on, give me, give me, give me. That's not what it is. It's not like a Santa Claus list. It's not give me this, give me that. He's not a genie in a bottle. You're not God's master. He's to be our master. You're not to tell God what to do. He tells you what to do, and you're to do it. Be obedient to him, not him obedient to us. That's blasphemy to be truthful about it. People treat prayer and faith like the force in a Star Wars movie. That's not how it's supposed to be. As if God has no choice but to do what we tell him to do. No, we're to be obedient to him, not vice versa. Say, Pastor, you're getting upset. You bet I'm upset because that's blasphemy. 
We're not God. He is. So I got a question for you. If all this is true, then where's Lazarus? Hmm? Where's John? John, I'm talking about John the Beloved. Where are they at? Why are they dead? If they are people of faith, and I don't say this blasphemously, but if they were brought back from the dead, talking about Lazarus, why did he die? If they were really believers, why are they dead? Because we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die on this earth. They're believers, great believers. Why did Paul die? Why did Peter die? Well, they were. we, we know that they were put on the crosses. We know they were heads were cut off. We know that. But they died because they're human. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Could be 20 years from now. Could be 10 years from now. Could be 10 days from now. I don't know. But I know one thing. It's not about living forever here on earth. It's about living forever in eternity. We're going to live. We're going to live. And we'll be on a new earth living forever with brand new bodies. We're not to misinterpret, misuse, and mispreach. My father died of cancer. But he had great faith. And I say this to you. I had people tell me he didn't have faith. If he had faith, he'd have lived. But I'm going to tell you, he had great faith, and he lived, and he preached until the day he died. And he was upset the day before he died because he had to cancel church because it was so much snow. I couldn't even get out. I couldn't even get out of my driveway just here in Lake Como. I couldn't even get out. And my dad's like, should I cancel church? I don't even know. He couldn't even talk. And he was upset because that's how much faith he had. He wanted to preach the word of God. That's how upset he was. In fact, your dad had to tell my dad that it was okay to cancel church. It did. He did. Billy Graham. I was watching him just this morning on TV. Billy Graham lived into his 90s. Billy Graham and his wonderful wife lived into their 90s, preaching the word of God, spreading the love of Christ. Great people of faith, of great faith. They're gone to the Lord now. Great faith living with the Lord in heaven. But they didn't die because they didn't have faith. They died because they're human. We are going to die. Carmen. Carmen was a great minister, preached the word of God through song, through story to children and youth and young adults and people all over. He died this year, this year, because he had cancer and other problems. But it's not because he didn't have faith. He had great faith. There are so many others. I could go through a great list of people of this church and other things. They have passed away. It's not because they didn't have faith. But because they had faith, I know they're alive right now in heaven. I know that. It took great faith, great faith, greater faith to keep on serving through their illness. They didn't give up. They had great faith. And I say to you who has great faith to keep on keeping on. They receive their rewards because of their faith, and you can receive your rewards too. And I'm going to tell you something. I was told I didn't have faith because I had tumors. But I'm going to tell you something. It takes great faith when you're sitting there in the hospital, your head cut open again and again and again to keep on going, even though you're hurting so bad and you have so much pain, but to keep getting up and keep getting behind the pulpit. And I was even told by some people that I shouldn't be behind the pulpit when I was going through divorce. I shouldn't be behind the pulpit when I'm going through pain, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all these things. But I didn't give up. I kept serving because it takes greater faith to keep going than to give up. It takes great faith, faith in God, not faith in the odds. We're to have faith in God, not faith in our faith. Faith in his grace, not faith in our faith. That's what a lot of these fraudulent believers 
Believe him, faith in their faith. I got greater faith in him. I got greater faith in her. No, 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 no. Your faith should not be in you. Your faith should be in your Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'll settle down for a minute here. So we should have faith in God. Not faith in nod. Because there's a lot of people who nod along with agreeance of the world. They nod along. They look like those dogs in those those little cars, you know, those little dogs, the bobbleheads. And they do. They nod along with the world. Not God's word. They're ignorant of biblical knowledge and facts. They just nod along. Yeah. Afraid to stand up. Afraid to stand up and believe with faith. They just nod along. James 1, 3-6 says, Knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience, but let patience perfect its work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all men liberally without criticism, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without wavering. For he who wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed with the wind. We're to be faithful in serving God and have great faith. As it says in Romans 1.17, For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We're to be of God, not nodding along with the world. We're to have faith in God, not faith of Todd. And by the way, I'm not talking about someone by the name of Todd. Someone named Todd might be watching out there going, oh, no, he's putting me down. No, not you, Todd. I'm talking about a toddler. We're not to have the faith of a toddler. Wait a minute. Doesn't God say we should have the faith of a child? No, no, no. He says have faith of a child. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about don't be an immature Christian. Don't be an immature Christian. You're to be a Christian who grows with the word, grows with the spirit. Don't be a child and stay as a child. Grow as you go. Don't be like a toddler and stay there. Because a lot of Christians do that. A lot of Christians do that. I know because I did it for a long time. I sat back there sucking my thumb like an infant. And I didn't grow because I didn't want to grow. Because I wanted to stay ignorant and immature and I thought as long as I don't know it then I'm not really doing wrong. Yes you are. Staying like a toddler and you're doing it on purpose and you think you're not doing wrong as long as you don't know you're doing wrong. Yes you do because you're purposely staying a toddler. You're having faith of a toddler. Faith like a toddler. God says be like a child not of a child. You're to not be ignorant being immature Christian who doesn't know what they should and shouldn't believe, and going right along, once again, nodding with the world. No, no, no. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we're to go with the word of God. And we're also not to have faith in sod. What is sod? Come out the world. The earth wants to have tangible proof, quote-unquote scientific proof, quote-unquote. Why I say quote-unquote? Quote-unquote because science... Science is misused so often. God made science testable, provable, repeatable. We know that ain't the right science teacher. We know those people who believe in evolution, they have more faith than you. They have faith. Their faith is in unprovable things. It's in a theory that's not provable whatsoever. Some guy says, we came from an ape. They go, oh, I believe it. You know why they believe it? Because they don't want to believe in God. That's why they believe it. They have faith in this goofball. They have faith. It's ridiculous. 
2 Corinthians 5 7 says, For we walk by faith. And write that down. 2 Corinthians 5 7. It's very important. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We're not to be faith in sod, faith in what we can touch, what we can feel, what we can pick up, what we can walk with. Now, it helps to have some things with us. That's why we have the word. When we follow God by faith, proof then comes in the pudding. And I don't know if you can tell by looking, I've eaten a lot of pudding. But I can tell you this, that I've had a lot of pudding. I'm talking spiritually now, a lot of pudding because of walking by faith. And it comes with the territory. When you follow by faith, God will produce proof. Yes, we are to walk by faith in God. Before we go, I'm going to read to you James 2, 14 through 26. Well, there's a lot of reading today, you bet. There is, but there's a lot to say about faith. And I know you have it. 14 through 26 of James chapter 2. James, the brother of Jesus, says this. And keep in mind, he didn't have faith in his brother until his brother was dead. Arisen again. Remember that. What does it profit, my brothers, if a man says he has faith but has no works? Now remember when I say by works, but listen to what it says. What does it profit, my brother, if a man says he has faith but has no works? Can faith save him if a brother or sister is naked and lacking daily food? And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, and yet you give them nothing that the body needs. What is a profit? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But a man may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. The demons also believe and tremble. But do you want to be shown, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Do you see how faith worked with his works? And by works faith was made perfect. The scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. I'm simply saying, that if we really have faith in the Lord God, then the things that we do should show it. Because by, as I said a hundred times over, by our actions, we are known. By our are known, as is our faith. And if we have faith in God, let it be shown to the people. Things we do. First John 5, 3, 4. And ask this, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that overcomes the world 
is our Now, we live in a very tough world right now. We have a lot of people in this world who say that if we say there's but one way into heaven, that we're hateful, we're mean and bigoted, and that we should be ashamed of ourselves. And I dare say this to you. I say that if you don't, and not just I, but the word says, that if you don't spread the word of God through love and compassion, not hatefulness, but through love and compassion, and show your faith to people by love and compassion and kindness, and tell them the way into heaven, and do it with the Spirit of the Lord, let the Holy Spirit lead you, that's hateful. That's bigoted. Because if you can rightly let somebody go to hell, and just let them go, not show your faith. How can you live with yourself? If God opens up the door, and by the way, you're going to know. You're going to feel it through the Holy Spirit. If God opens up the door for you to witness, first of all, by the way we live, they're going to know. They're going to know. I'll never forget when I was just a teenager working at McDonald's, in fact. I'll never forget this one guy said, oh, I didn't know you was a Christian. Now, the fact is he had just met me five minutes before that. So how would he know? <laughs> You know, we were talking about Batman before that. So how would he know? But the fact is, uh, I didn't know you was a Christian. That bothered me. That was 1993. That bothered me all these years. I didn't know you was a Christian. That stuck with me all this time. You know why? God allowed it to. Because I don't want people through the rest of my life saying, I didn't know you was a Christian. No, I want them to know I'm a Christian. I want them to know I'm a Christian. I want them to know because by our actions, we're I don't want them to think that I'm of the world. I want them to know that I'm of the word, not because I'm holier than thou, even though the word, the world is going to think that you're that way sometimes just because they can feel the Holy Spirit. They feel guilty. Okay. But I want them to know your faith by the way that we live, by the way that we speak, by the way that we come to them through love and compassion, not through holier than thou ways, but I want them to know your faith. Because I want them to see it, to feel it, to want it. And by the way, they may be hateful to you. They may try to hurt you. But in reality, when they're in problems, when they're having problems and they're in trouble, they're going to come to you. They're not going to go down the street to talk about other things. They're going to come to you because they know who they can come to. By the way, I I've seen people get made fun of for their faith. I've been, I've been one of them, been mocked and made fun of, but whenever the, people come together in groups to mock and make fun of me, it wasn't that hard to do. But they would do it to make fun of me about Jesus Christ. Oh, ha, 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 ha. But when they were all by themselves, one by one, who would they come to? Me. Not because of me, but because of him through me. And they'll do the same for you because by your actions you are known, and they want to see your faith. Where's your faith today? Where's your faith? When the rubber meets the road, where's your faith? Where's your faith? I pray and hope it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when the day comes that you leave this world, he's the only one that you can count on. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, as we come to you today, I pray if there be anyone who hasn't come to know you, that this be the day they call out to you and they have faith in you and you alone. Lord, I do pray that there be anyone here who's fallen away from following you completely. 
I pray, Lord God, that this be the day that they rededicate their life to you. Lord God, I pray if anyone here feels like they have let you down, that this day that they will know that you are still with them, that you've never left them. Lord God, that you're with them now, that you'll help them rebuild their lives. I pray this in your holy, precious name, and I pray that you'll help us to keep walking, following you. In Jesus' most holy, precious name, I pray these things. Amen.